Bomber, 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 That's what I like. Heck yeah, Ryan. Good yeah, job. okay. Start thank this you. week off pretty good. Hey, as mentioned, uh, this week we're back to school, back to our work. We, we are back to reality. How we was, just came off a of spring break. Yeah. How was that? How was that little fantasy? You, you go first. Me. All right. Um, I took a trip to Vero Beach, which is about an hour and a half uh, right above Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Stayed at the beach for about a week. Um, I got burnt down there. You're a little crisp. Yeah, I am. Um, so uh, I enjoyed that. And then we went to um, Hollywood, Florida and went to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino hotel that was amazing we seen greta van fleet yeah that was a heck of a concert what spf awesome. huh? sunscreen do you use first day i didn't use any the second day i Zero. used 30 and then i think i tried to use 30 for a little bit of it so okay. yeah i try to be i a... don't even know what that means meg what does spf mean meg's definitely not googling right now sun protection forensics that's it we don't need to google it i don't know I'm just what is spf i'm sorry explain I'm a communications major. Sun protection factor. Oh, okay. So, like, what do the numbers mean? Um, this is fake. Like, what percent? SPF thirty will protect you from around ninety six point seven of UVB rays. Okay. I don't know what that. So I don't know what the numbers mean. I feel like they're like, like the like the larger numbers are thicker. You know. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I don't really know. That's really cool. What did you do for spring break? No, you go because you got you got the mic for me now. Oh me, yeah. Man. Um, I hung out with farm animals. Um, I went home, hung out. Um, you sheared something, right? Oh yeah, I did. I watched. It's actually really cool, and uh, it's a little bit weird, but it's actually really cool. My boyfriend's parents have sheep, and all their neighbors have sheep. Okay. And normally, sheep get sheared with like little buzz buzz. Yeah. Um, clippers. Um, you. It's actually like a very rare thing to find like a hand shearer where they okay. shear with like things that look like scissors basically. Yeah, yeah. And their whole neighborhood gets together and they get a guy from Massachusetts who knows how to hand shear sheep. And he comes down and hand shears all the sheep for the spring. And so I got to watch him hand shear a bunch of sheep and it was really cool actually. But I did, I got really bored doing that because he did shear like 35 sheep. Yeah. So they then all kind of look the same. Yeah. I would wander around the little farm, uh, the little neighbor's farm that we did were at. Did a little frolicking? I did a little frolicking with the naked sheep. After they'd been sheared, they get really crazy after they've been sheared because they okay. realize how light they are, and then they start jumping around. It's oh, hilarious. Wow. But I also found a really funny-looking goat. And did you know some goats are bred without ears? What? I did not. I'll show you a picture. It, it's a really funny-looking goat. He, Me and him were best friends. There were also a lot of ducks. Okay. Heritage breed ducks that were very pretty. Oh. And um, my boyfriend's mom's going to be so excited that I'm talking about her sheep on the podcast. I'll have to send her a clip. It's a cool podcast, man. Yes, it is. What did you do for spring break? I had these very ambitious travel plans. I was like, I'm going to go to the West Coast, like <laughs> turn my phone off, not talk to anybody. I, I live a very social life, as you all know. Like, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, hey. Da, 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 da. When I get time by myself, it's like soul Oh, the goat picture is being shown right now. Show that I'm to Peyton. Sh I'm showing him the goat pictures. He's just really funny looking. Whoa. He had like a little beard and he kept his head like permanently tilted like that. Like he would just like tilt his him. head at me and he was so funny. He's living more. But I and I, I, I didn't travel. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back home, which is Lewisburg, West Virginia, which was voted the coolest small town in America the year 2011. Oh my God. In case you didn't know. I'm kind of a big deal. So, um... 
yeah, I went home and I got to hang out with my family, which I don't get to see my family much because I'm here yeah. all college. Yeah, and then I'm at summer camp over the summer. So I see them December and some weekends. Uh, I got to go to like some state parks and Whoa. I just like caught up with old friends and it was really cool to go back home and kind of remember who not Emery and Henry Ryan is. Yeah, I get that. I think I miss my, honestly, I do miss my friends from back home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like yeah. a lot of times when I go back home, they're not available because they're either working or. Yeah. Plus yeah, our dude. schedules like are very different from larger yep, universities. Exactly. You yeah, know? I feel that. Because they're on spring break this week. Yeah, exactly. So it's but, just a different. We might get out earlier too. One thing I did, which I mentioned in the podcast, I decided to dig into some genealogy and research my family. I want to do that. Is it actually like worth it? It is. It is. So I used this this like like rinky dink one uh-huh. to start out with, and it told me that I was related to like Mark Antony and like all like like all the way back to biblical times. And I don't no know way. exactly how accurate that okay. is. Um, maybe we need to bring Jet back on to tell that me. That is cool. Um, okay. So I didn't I didn't really believe yeah. that one though. Yeah. There was a yeah. lot of there was a lot of things that were going on with that. So I was like, you know what? Biting the bullet. I'm gonna get an ancestry membership. Okay coolest thing in the and world and it actually works yes because how much it, is that it's a it's like twenty dollars okay. a month but there's a two-week free trial oh okay and did not know that. you do the free trial i mean you fi- figure out everything you need to know basically oh really yeah how far, and how far did you go if you don't I went back um all the way to the 1700s to like when like my 18th great-grandfather back or whatever um do you just, do came you just... over with uh like on a on a on a, on a viking boat like whatever do you just put uh, like viking in pirate i don't know i kind of forgot it's been a while do you just put in like basic information? Yeah, you start with your parents, yep. right? And then you go to their parents and then their parents. And um yeah, my my family is a little like, uh, like we didn't know like oh, what, yeah, so yeah, what goes where, like you know, to, sometimes. Yeah. And I didn't know a whole lot about my dad's family. He doesn't talk about them, but uh it searches through marriage records and draft cards and a bunch of really cool Whoa. things. My uh my grandfather's grandfather or great grandfather there's a lot you know when you get in there had 16 children whoa side eye that is very bombastic side eye whoa that's crazy isn't that crazy and when i asked when i was like whoa i was talking my one of my cousins actually has a degree in folklore and he studies a bunch of like all these crazy things and i was talking to him about it because he's done this before too and i was like they had 16 children he was like ryan they didn't have tv back then like what else were you supposed to do that you what's and, you and my cousin bomb- Chris. What's the word same. bombastic mean? Bombastic. It's like, I actually don't know. Like shocking. Shocking. Yeah, we can go with that. Shocking. Shocking side, side eye. eye. It's a TikTok trend. <laughs> we got to stay with the side times. eye. But speaking of genealogy, and for those who are looking to look into their own genealogy, I would recommend they talk to today's guest, Diane Haynes, with Mount Pleasant Preservation Society. Coolest interview. I've never had an interview go like this before. Might Me I either. add? Where I asked the first question, and usually they get nervous and stop talking. She she gave us everything, and it was so awesome. She was ready. She's awesome. Let's not hold them back anymore. Here Open the gates to the sheep sharing that is going to be this interview. Hey, welcome to Studio B, the Emory and Henry College Bonner Scholar Podcast. Join Ryan and Peyton as they discuss themes of place, community, and common ground. This is Studio B. started hello diane hayes 
Hello. Welcome to Studio B. We're excited to have you today. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. So, Diane, I first met you, uh, I don't know if you remember, but it was in this building up on the third floor when we did the Bonner Projects at the end of last spring, and you were there with Mount, Pres Mount Pleasant Preservation Society. Yes. And so we're excited to hear a little bit about that. But first, can we hear a little bit about you? Uh, you're kind of growing up and how, how you got to where you are today. Well, my name is Diane Hayes, and I was born in Marion, Virginia, and uh, went to school there, played every sport they had. Back in the day when I was playing sports, I didn't have a lot for girls to do. Uh, Title IX opened all that up to where we had just about everything the boys had in, in playing sports. Uh, played basketball, tennis, track, volleyball for a short while, and then we had a energy crisis and gas i think when you'd ha i didn't drive then but you went to the gas station every other day or something on odd and even days and they had to cut out a sport so they they eliminated volleyball oh wow but uh i loved sports and uh played everything that they had so i I graduated from high school and went to Ferrum College. As a matter of fact, my mom had three girls there at the same time. And my twin sister transferred and she graduated from Emory and Henry. So um, I, when I graduated from Ferrum College in 1978, I got a job at uh, working for the county. And I majored in uh, recreation and park leisure services. And I worked for the county about 18 months under a grant. And we built a amphitheater, um, a nature trail, and some other projects in the Franklin County Park. Um, and then I got a job working for, what was it? Weatherization program. And at that time, um, I can remember having an interview and whoever the, the person over it was uh, had a great interview. They said, we're not going to hire you. Something about being a girl. And I said, well, I don't think you can take in government money and not hire women. That's discrimination. And I hung up. I thought, well, I don't have that job. But they called me back and said, well, we thought you'd be afraid of of uh, spiders and things because you have to go up in attics and inspect houses and I don't know what all. And then, then they asked me, can you use a screwdriver? I said, well, a monkey could use a screwdriver. So anyhow, they hired me and I worked there until I got a job at the Franklin County Public Library. And I guess that's what started my interest at that time period in history and genealogy. Um, we had a lady that worked uh, as a genealogist named Gertrude Mann. And at that time, um, I guess before that, I can remember asking questions. Um, I would ask my grandmother questions. Did you have grandparents? What were they like? Where did they live? That type of thing. I think I was about eight or nine. And I had a little notebook that I started writing things in. And... Um, I asked her something about, did she have grandparents? And she said, yes. And then she told me about her mother and some folks that raised her mother. Her mother's mother was a slave and her name was 
Julia Bailey. And she would cry when she'd start to talk to me about the, the woman and her mother. And she said the people that took care of her were not nice to her sometimes. She was a mixed race child. And sometimes they had difficulties because of how they looked. Uh, their hair was different. Their skin was different. And sometimes they didn't treat her so nice. And I didn't understand what all that meant at that time as a child. But I did take it all in. And then when I started to work on other people's genealogy in Franklin County, um, I didn't understand why they didn't have any information on the Black families there. So I would ask Mrs. Mann, who was the local genealogist, I said, how come we don't have anything in our local history room on Black people? And she said, they don't ask. She said, I would love to do some history. She said, I had one person ask me, she sent a letter in about something about slavery and who her people might have been. And she said, I didn't have anything to, to send her the person. Um, so over the years, Mrs. Mann had lots and lots of information and they said that she didn't even have a place to hardly sit in her apartment because she had files everywhere. And she gave the library her collection, but we were not supposed to get that collection until she passed away. Well, they found out she was sick and didn't have long to live. So the collection came to us early and it sat in some of our offices for years and no one touched it. And I got tired of tripping over boxes so I started going through those boxes and putting things in order by families. Um, she had photos. She had everything that you could think of. So I started putting that stuff in order. And that's what I guess made me do more and more and more. Because the more you do, it's like a piece, a puzzle. And you find a piece and you put that together. And another one's here and you put that together. And that's how I got started big time in genealogy. Wow. Um, but I think I was destined to do it. I was a very nosy child. Um, back when I was coming up, if adults were talking, you were supposed to come in, be courteous. Hello, how are you? Nice to see you again. And you better leave because you'd get a look from whoever the adult was in the room that said you better get out of here but I would sneak around and maybe go somewhere where I could hear what they were saying so I learned a lot of stuff that I had no business knowing and some history so and then I like to prowl my grandmother called it she says why are you always looking into things and I realize now that that was a precursor to me doing what I do because yeah. I love to go through court order books and wills and deeds and anything else that I can get my hands on, especially in black history, because we were only taught the basics about um, George Washington Carver and Booker T. Washington and that type of thing. Uh, but you didn't learn any local history, except you folks were slaves and you loved it. And this is where curiosity has led you down this down this path. It's really funny. Uh, spring break for us was last week and uh, I got kind of bored. So I went to ancestry.com 
And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. But um been a member for years. Yes. And I've I, I thought it was just a little database, but then you start putting in more information and then these matches, and then you click to little leaves and it just grows out of this huge thing. Um, but I imagine your work is a little more in-depth than that, right? Because you have the physical files. I just see pictures of them, but that's crazy. Well, it's more fun to go to the courthouses. Yeah, I'm very interested in doing that. And municipal buildings and go through their their let big ledgers. Yeah. Diane, could you kind of explain to us what kind of what the Mount Pleasant Preservation Society is? Okay. The Mount Pleasant was founded by a lady who was my mother's. My mother was in the very first classes she ever taught at Carnegie High School. Her name was Evelyn Thompson Lawrence. Uh, she taught everyone in my family except for my youngest brother. Um, she had a vision. I'll tell you a little bit about her background. Um we have a place in Marion called Sally's Crying Tree. Have you ever heard of it? No. Well, Ms. Lawrence's um, grandmother was, what was her name? Sally Adams was her name. And Sally's parents and, and siblings, they were sold on an auction block at the courthouse in Marion. And the only one left was Sally. So a man named Dr. Thurman, purchased her to be a body servant for his wife. She was an invalid. So Sally had a pallet that she slept on next to this lady's bed. And if she needed something, she would tell the little girl and the little girl would go and find an adult to come and help. So um, when Sally was a teenager, very young teenager, uh, she was given as a gift to Mr. Thurman's son. And then Civil War came and Sally was, let me back up a little bit. I have to explain the crying tree. Sally was not allowed to cry. So she would miss her parents. And there was a tree, a sapling out behind the house. And she would go there and talk to that tree. And she would look at the stars and she would ask, um, she probably God, uh, do they see the same stars that I see? And she missed her, her family. Yeah. So when slavery was over, they told her that she could not live where she was living because it was on Main Street and they didn't want anybody black to work on Main Street without having someone that they worked for. So she, I think she had family by the children of her own, and she took them and she went out in the country and she worked on a small farm and raised vegetables and, and stuff and took care of her family. But she ended up right back at the same little cabin uh, that she grew up in. So Sally had a vision that all of her children would learn to read and write and go to school. Um. And if you go to where the grounds are, where the tree is, you can look down the street and see Mount Pleasant United Methodist Church. She was a founding member of that little church. Um, so the tree is still there, too? The tree is still there. Wow. She's huge. She's beautiful. Yeah. Um, some people picked up acorns and took them and gave them to Barack Obama. Wow. The tree almost uh, huh. died. There was something wrong with it. And they had a 
I don't know what you call it. I guess I'll call it a tree doctor coming. The tree is fine now. But um, like I said, Sally was Miss Lawrence's grandmother. And I used to talk to Miss Lawrence on the phone for hours. And she would tell me about her vision to start a museum. Because if you look in the history books about Smith County, they might have a small paragraph about some particular family, like the Cooleys. They were brick masons and um, barbers and I don't know what all, but you might find just a snippet of information. My grandmother's brother, my great uncle James Gass is in there because he was the first soldier brought home from World War I. And that's the only reason he's in there. Um, But you don't find much information in the history books. So her interest was to put all this information together. She taught first, second, and third grade over the years. And as the black population dwindled, the children would say, well, you don't have any history here or, you know, just asking little kid questions. So she would put tours together and put people on a bus and take them around Marion and show them where black people had small businesses or where they lived, just different things. So anyway, um, she's probably one of the most remarkable people that I've ever met. Um, She had what I call the ripple effect. The woman dropped a pebble in the water with what she would teach us. And it's all over the world. And that's the truth. Yeah. Um, Do you have any more questions? Yeah, no, that's really awesome. And so just kind of doing a correlation here, uh, you have some, you in the past, you've had Bonner work on this project too. So what does that entail? I know Miranda, you worked very closely with Miranda. Miranda was outstanding. Yeah. When she first showed up, we thought, oh my God, she's a freshman because we thought we were going to get an uh, 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 older person and yeah. her eyes just lit up just as soon as we started telling her what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she led all the other students there. Now, some of them did like it, some did, but she stuck with it the whole time. Our director's name was William Fields, William Allen Fields, and we were both just impressed by her. Um, the last time I was here, Miranda went over all the things that she worked on. Now, we have lots and lots of things that need to be digitized, things on paper that Ms. Lawrence saved. Mm-hmm. She has a few things that other people turned in, yeah. but uh, it's all on paper. And she worked and worked and worked and worked and uh, under um, Scott Sykes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just an impressive person. Um, the last time I saw her, she started going over her project and some of the things that that they had put together, the Bonner Scholars, and she started to talk about Mr. Fields, and it just, she broke. It, tears was just streaming, and then they were streaming on me, too, a little bit, and it we had no idea that we had were going to have the impact that we did on that young lady, but uh, she told me that she was going into nonprofit something category of yeah. work to help people do whatever they do with nonprofits. And I haven't talked to her since then, yeah. but I'm pretty sure she's going to be successful. Oh yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, I heard from her a little bit ago. She is working as a, uh, 
is a college counselor. So she goes into high schools and helps uh, students who don't have access to all these different college resources and how to apply. And she works with them. She posted a picture of the wall in her office and all the names of students who got accepted that she helped. And wow. Part of that is owed to you all, I think, too, for help fostering that that sense of the work that you do. Uh, this is the question that we were talking about that we love to ask. You've worked in public service for a long time, you know, working in parks and then now at the library. Is there a moment in your life that you knew this was this is where you needed to be, that you didn't want to work for some big corporation or anything like that? You loved the the small interactions. Um, mm. That this is the work you're meant to be doing. I think it's been there all the time. Um, it just has has grown from the little bitty notebook that I would write notes in that mm. my grandmother told me. It was there the whole time. Yeah. But it, it the seed has just it's sort of like the Sally's crying tree. Yeah. You know, it started out as a little acorn and now it's it's huge. Um my goal is to have a place that black people and white people can come and sit down and work on their family history. Yeah. Um so I can't really answer a certain thing. Yeah. It's just been a combination of a whole lot of things that, that it's always been there. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, is there still work to be done through the preservation society? Is this a, is this a good opportunity for Bonners, non Bonners, people who just need to come to Smith County and learn about it? Exactly. Yeah. We have that. Um, there's a young lady here that I've been talking to and, and, and she's been interviewing me. I can't remember what her name is, but she's a wrestler. Okay. Huh. Um, from here. Yeah. On campus, she's outstanding, awesome. and you can see it. Another young man. I I interview. He interviewed me. Um, he worked under Tal Stanley, and I can't remember his name either, but you can see it. Mm -hmm. You can pick up on it just as soon as I start talking to somebody. You see that there's something there to spark in them. And I, I see it uh, every time I'm around Emory students. Um, I don't know how people pick Emory, yeah. but um, I watched my twin sister after being here um, and other people. And, and you can just pick up on it if you notice, if you look, if you listen. It's a special place. It is. It takes a special kind of person to go here. Well, that's the truth. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Diane, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Well, you're very welcome. This has been such an awesome interview, and um, we hope to have you back, uh, and maybe we can give some updates on how the project's going. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Studio B is part of the Emory & Henry College Bonner Scholar Program through the Appalachian Center for Civic Life. Studio B is produced by Meg Askew and edited by Ryan Vaughn. To listen to past episodes, go to anchor.fm slash ehstudioB or wherever you listen to podcasts.